Hello and thank you for joining us on Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I'm Brandon Yates and today we will be discussing the Hangzhou Asian Games and what hosting the Games means to China. We'll also take a look at non-Olympic sports, new technology and other elements of the Games to look forward to. To help me get through these topics, I'm joined by two fantastic panelists, Yang Guang and Tianyu and Yang Guang. Of course, we know the Asian Games is a very special event and it's something that the entire continent, particularly the sports fans on the continent, look forward to every four years. And this is now, I believe, the third time that China is hosting the Asian Games. So in your opinion, what do you think it means to China to host the Games once again? Well, I think, first of all, it's another recognition of China's capabilities to host such a mega international sporting event. Right, it's massive, it's huge yeah. and you know, really important all over the continent. I, th I still remember one of the athletes I interviewed during the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics said, China has got this doctor's degree in hosting such games <laughs> like the, the Olympics or the Asian like, like Games. Like they've got it down to, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's a perfection. Yeah, and also um, I think if, a, if all the organizers of any sporting events look for a safe option, a safe host to guarantee mm. a successful either Olympics or Asian Games, um, China is, the, is one of the best options um, they should look for, if not the best. Yeah. And um, now um, another thing is that uh, hosting such a big international sporting event is not a privilege anymore to metropolises like Beijing and Guangzhou. Mm. Uh, Chengdu, um, a lower tier city in China, hosted the World University Games yeah, earlier yeah. this year. And that's great for China, right? The fact that they've proven that not only the major cities, well, I say the major cities, but the internationally known cities, I suppose, can host major events, yeah. but that multiple cities can do it. And I think that's a huge plus for China. Yeah, now and now Hangzhou. Hmm. I mean, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of um, services and stuff, China doesn't need to prove anything right. about its capabilities to host such games but each time these games um, took place in China China set the bar even higher mm. um, and more importantly I think hosting the Asian Games again uh, means a lot um, to enhance the sports development in this country um, I mean the past FIBA World Cup in basketball and a couple of football friendlies mm -hmm. um, turned out China still lags behind in certain sports right. categories right. like the men's football, men's basketball and some globally popular sports. So do you think a major sporting event like this is another opportunity for China to develop exactly. certain sports? Right. I think hosting such games um, should be helpful in terms of promoting mass participation. Mm. Just like um, how the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics changed the winter sports scenario in this country. I think we need the sports stimulation every two or three years mm. to make sports a big thing in our life. Yeah. Um, I mean, the sports participation, the atmosphere of sports participation and um, the passion for sports yeah. is still something we need to work on. But do you think it's linked to sporting success? So for example, at the Asian Games, we'll see multiple sports and China competing in a variety of sports. And I'm sure that China will be relatively successful in most of the sports, but they will be particularly successful in probably a handful of sports. Like so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, just a variety of sports, I suppose, mm -hmm. badminton, um, yeah. there's, there's numerous that we can go through. But do you think that 
boosting those sports is linked to Chinese success as opposed to just Chinese participation? Yeah, um, I mean, Team China has clinched the number one um, in on the Asian Games medal tally for 10th consecutive Incredible. time. But it doesn't really mean China is now a strong power in sports overall. Um, it's just a select few sports, yeah, right? Yeah, particularly yeah. in those sports like football, basketball. Mm. Um, Where there's rugby. definitely room for expansion and growth yeah. and increased participation and increased success. And the building those sports in, into some certain level yes. um, is critical. Yeah, uh, there's definitely work to be done, particularly in some of those sports that you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, the English Premier League or the NBA basketball, is not, they are not only beneficial in terms of economic um, terms, but uh, from the perspective of culture mm. and uh, even health. Mass participation means a lot to a country and yeah. building a successful sporting event is mm. the foundation to it. And just another great element, I think, of sporting success when a country does really well in a certain sport and all of a sudden people start in that country start participating in that sport. One of the most beautiful things about sport is that it really brings people together. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily the fact that you know people, more people go on to become professionals, more teams go on to become successful. We get to see people you know, enjoying creating sports. a community, yeah. community, enjoying the sport and creating that togetherness. And I think that's also such a critical element of sport and it's something like the Asian Games mm. really enhances. Exactly. And um, we haven't built our own Premier Leagues right. or the Grand Slam tennis tournaments. Yeah. So I think hosting the Asian Games and uh, the Olympics um, is a good start to you know, make sports a big deal in our life. Yeah, so I think one of the great things about the Asian Games returning to China is that it creates an opportunity, well, multiple opportunities, and we've already mentioned a few. And I think that if we see Chinese success in a variety of sports, hopefully we can see increased participation in those sports. And you know, hopefully that leads to also increased success in those sports going forward into yeah, the future. So exactly. I think having the Asian Games return to China is a massive, massive opportunity. Indeed. Um, Tianyu, from your perspective, what do you think hosting the Asian Games once again means to China? Well, I think um, in economic terms, I think it's also hosting an Asian Games is particularly important for a city because it can, you know, show the best part of, of the city and uh, burnish its images. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, like um, when an influx of athletes, media crews and uh, journalists uh, and visitors from around the world, you get to um, it definitely will b uh, provide a boost to its yeah. tourism industry and also bring a lot of business opportunities. Mm. So it puts a global spotlight on a city. So it's yeah. a, I suppose it's a lot of pressure for a city to deal with, but it also yeah. once again creates an amazing opportunity yeah. for growth in a variety of, exactly. uh, you know, like you said, economical terms, yeah. sporting terms. It's a fantastic opportunity for yeah. Hangzhou. Yeah, definitely. And um, Hangzhou is actually among the most vibrant uh, and emerging first-year cities in China. And uh, I, I think you get a grasp of how modernized and um, uh, vigorous it is after right. you get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It will surprise you. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And you know, speaking of things to look forward to at the Hangzhou Asian Games, of course, Yang Guang and I are very fortunate to be going mm. to and attending the Hangzhou Asian Games. From your side, Yang Guang, what are you most looking forward to? Well, as a, first of all, as a sports fan, um, of I <laughs> will be very much looking forward to the top-notch sporting action. We talk about this um, 
sports like badminton, yeah, yeah. table tennis, swimming, they represent world class in terms of um, the competitiveness and mm. uh, entry list. Yeah. I mean, just throughout the entire year, we've been talking about Chinese success in so many of these sports, particularly recently, the likes of badminton, tennis, swimming, mm. and to finally be able to go to a games and see those athletes compete in person, I think it's gonna be incredible. It will be amazing. Yeah. And also the last um, sporting action I covered as a reporter was the Beijing Winter Olympics in 2022, amazing. which was um, held under the close of management due to safety reasons and right, health right, reasons right. amid the pandemic. Um, so th I miss the packed stadiums <laughs> with fans returning and shooting, uh, shouting and cheering yeah. Yeah. teams. It's, it's a big part of the games. It's such yeah. a critical element of any massive sporting event, yeah. right? So yeah. to see that once again, to return to China is going to be incredible. Yeah, I think. I'm just excited to see um, the proper games. Yeah, and the atmosphere yeah. and just the camaraderie and just, you know, all of the special moments that I think crowds create. Uh, another thing I would be happy to do is um, um, pin exchanging with mm -hmm. other journalists from, right. from other countries and regions. It's a tradition of the Olympics mm. and other sporting events. Um, and um, it's a good way to know new friends yeah. and open a dialogue with uh, other you know, peer. It's a reporters. great icebreaker, right? Just to yeah, get yeah. to know other people and exchange stories and, you know, talk about each other's cultures and, you know, background experiences. It's a great way to kind of get that going. Yeah, I know some athletes and even volunteers, they also do pin exchanging. Fantastic. And some of them have got really beautiful um, pin collections. Mm. I've got some from the previous uh, sporting e events I participated in. And uh, I can't wait to exchange them with some unique designs from other, you know, yeah, countries yeah. and regions. It should be fantastic. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's such a critical element of any massive sporting event is that whether it's, you know, something like the university games or even going all the way up to the Olympic games, of course we want to see the sporting action. We want to see records broken. We want to see top level athletes performing at the highest level, but away from the action that's happening on the fields and the pitches and the courts, etc. We also want to really experience that social element. It's a, for example, the Asian Games in Hangzhou. It's an incredible opportunity for people to get together from different countries around the Asian continent, share stories, get to know each other, and you know, just thrive in that culture where so many people from around the continent are in one place, sharing one passion, which is sporting events. I think it's going to be an incredible, yeah. incredible opportunity for Definitely. both of us. And yeah, I mean, yeah. from from my side. I've just arrived in China a couple of months ago and I've only seen Beijing. So to be able to see another Chinese city, I think that's going to be incredibly exciting yeah. to experience the food, the culture, um, the infrastructure, you know, and just learn about a new Chinese city and to see the sites. Um, I think that's going to be an incredible opportunity. And, and like we've already said, just seeing some of those athletes that we've already been speaking about throughout the entire year, particularly from China, competing at the highest level. Hopefully we get to see some records broken and some really incredible performances. And to have that opportunity to see that in person, I think is going to be really, really Exciting. incredible indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess something that is, uh, you know, relatively unique to the Asian Games is that we're going to see a lot of non-Olympic sports um, and, you know, maybe some sports that people from, you know, not necessarily the Asian continent or even from China know about these sports. So, Yang Guang, which sports that are non-Olympic sports are you looking forward to seeing? And I have to say it's in a sport called Sepat, Sepak Takra. <laughs> Please tell me more. <laughs> I've never heard about this before. Um, <laughs> it's a sport combining football and the volleyball. 
I like it already. Yeah. That sounds exciting. <laughs> the athletes are not allowed to touch the ball with their hands. I'm and, trying um, to create a mental image of this, and yeah, I'm, I'm struggling, so I'm going to need picturing more. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, two teams of players, um, they play the ball um, on the courts between the net, um, resembling the badminton court. Okay. And they get points uh, by flooring the ball on the other side of the, uh, other side of the court. Right. Um, it's uh, sports originated from Southeast Asia, and uh, it's considered a national sport of Malaysia. Okay. Um, and actually, there's a saying that um, this sport uh, was introduced by Chinese in ancient times and uh, was inspired by Tzu-Ju, uh -huh. an ancient Chinese game um, where participants, you know, uh, kick the ball to keep the... Um, to keep the leather ball mm -hmm. airborne by kicking it back and forth between two players or even more. So it's something that developed from a previous sport, right? Yeah. Mm -mm. Okay. Pretty, well, that's the belief. Pretty similar to football. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like Tuju is like the the origin of football. Like you can, you should uh, kick the ball into the into into a certain basket mm. in different ways. And yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It's like. Is it? Yeah, it's interesting how certain sports kind of develop from original sports. I mean, even like in, in England, for example, I think rugby is a derivative of certain sports. Um, it, it originally developed yeah. from soccer where um, William Webb Ellis was playing soccer and he just picked up the ball and decided to run with it and uh, dotted down on the goal line and that led to rugby. So this mm. sounds like a similar story, right? Yeah, there's a definitely a Chinese history behind mm. this modern sport of Sepak Takraw. And... Um, uh, it's a very entertaining sport to watch. It sounds uh, like it. <laughs> yeah, it, it involves a lot of acrobatic moves to kick the ball. It's a, it's literally a game of a competition of bicycle kicks in football on a badminton awesome. court. So I guess Cristiano Ronaldo would be really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's maybe a, a future sport when he yeah, retires. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and Tianyu, from your side, any non-Olympic sports that we might not be familiar with? Well, the one that I'm going to introduce also has a strange name. It's called <laughs> Kabaddi. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, it's, it's, um, it's actually the first time for me to hear this name. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. You too. And um, it, ori it originated from ancient India. And I don't know if you guys have ever played a game called like Cops and Thieves when you were kids. Oh, like, like Cops and Robbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A group of kids playing Cops and uh, the other playing 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 uh, robbery mm, uh, mm. yeah thieves so it's it's basically kabaddi is basically this uh, a si pretty similar game like but played in in turn between a te two teams of seven players okay so does one team dress like cops and the other like <laughs> robbers because <laughs> that sounds awesome <laughs> so yeah it's like it's actually uh, but it's actually a very competitive uh, sport I'm with sure. fixed rules and uh, a lot of physical confrontations. So mm. yeah, I think his matches are going to be pretty exciting and, and also also entertaining to watch. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, also talking about uh, non-Olympic sports, I think, I, Brandon, are you a fan of cricket? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm from South Africa and look, uh, we have a side called the Proteas, which is mm. our national cricket team. And over the years, they've been fairly successful. They're one of those teams that don't traditionally do well at the World Cup. You know, they normally ranked as one of the favorites and then kind of choke at the semi-final stage. 
Um, so we do have a proud history of crickets in South Africa, but I've never really been a big fan, to be honest. Rugby is definitely my number one sport. But I think you know about the rules. Again, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, maybe you can talk about the rules and the... Yeah, I guess uh, cricket is relatively similar to baseball. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got like two sides that play against each other. Mm -hmm. One plays in the field where mm -hmm. there's a bowler and there's a couple of fielders that are linked around the field. Mm -hmm. um, and then for the opposing side, they bat. Um, so they sit between the wickets and they, um, well, their, their target is to hit the ball and they can hit it for four runs, they can hit it for six runs, or they can run for a single, two runs. Um, so that's kind of basically how cricket works and traditionally the powerhouse teams have been India, Pakistan, mm. Sri Lanka and those are teams that we are going to see at the Asian Games so mm. those are probably the sides to look out for if you're going to watch cricket at the Asian Games. Great. Yeah, India and the Pakistan are expected to meet in the final. Yeah. From my side I suppose sevens rugby is probably the sport mm. that I'm going to look forward to watching the most. I don't know about any Asian teams that are particularly successful. Um, in terms of the history of Rugby Sevens, but I know that Asia has a proud history of hosting Sevens tournaments, for example, like the Hong Kong Sevens. Um, so that should be really, really interesting to watch. Um, South Africa also has a pretty successful um, history with the Sevens. Our Sevens team is called the Blitzbox. Um, and we've also <laughs> been one of those teams that kind of goes through um, ebbs and flows and highs and lows, um, but they're always really entertaining to watch. But regardless of the level of talent that we see from Sevens teams, I think it's going to be really exciting to watch. No matter which country is playing, generally the action that we see in Sevens Rugby is very exciting. So I think if you guys are going to watch Sevens Rugby, I think you're really, really going to enjoy okay. it. I'm definitely going to watch some of these games we mentioned yeah. on TV. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to be fortunate enough to yeah. watch it in person. So that should also be really exciting indeed. And also eSports and the break yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's lots I to look forward to. I would definitely check out the FIFA online, FIFA Me FC, too. that game. <laughs> but I'm just going to be sitting there thinking, I could definitely take these guys on. <laughs> I think any uh, uh, FIFA player, whenever they're watching a professional, thinks, I I'm probably better than him. <laughs> so that should also be really entertaining to watch. And another feature of the Asian Games or any massive sporting event in Asia over the years, one of their biggest features is that we normally see new technological advances, environmental advances. Yang Guang, will we be seeing anything like this at the Hangzhou Asian Games? Yeah, um, Hangzhou has uh, promoting this um, smart games concept. Mm. And uh, I know there are auto driving vehicle services available at the baseball cool. and the softball venues. And also, uh, there are a lot of uh, robot services, like the delivery robots right, right, available right. at the village. And also, I know there's um, even a robot playing piano in the village. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that should and, be cool. And also some uh, robots functioning as um, guide dogs or even translators. Uh, and in a fan I might need the translator one. <laughs> <laughs> in a fan experiencing area, uh, visitors can play field hockey against a robot goalie. Wow, crazy! Very impressive. Yeah. And um, another highlight is um, this digital torch relay. Um, this program. Yes, I've heard about this. Yeah, um, it it enables those um, who cannot attend the torch relay right, right, right. to participate virtually. I love this idea, yeah. I also, uh, I also took part in this um, mini program nice. on my phone and um, virtually I, I passed the torch <laughs> to the next the torch bearer. That's so cool, man. A total stranger from Guangdong province. Yeah. Another way to connect with uh, people yeah, yeah, around yeah. the world, right? And that's 
something that we always look forward to at massive sporting yeah. events. And this is done virtually, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Particularly, like you said, for people that don't have you know, the ability to attend the games in person. Mm -hmm. Very interesting interaction yeah. there. And um, I heard there are, also, there are already 100 million people wow. engaging in the torchbearer, Fantastic. digital torchbearer thing. So yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. And hopefully something like that will also lead to them, you know, maybe people that weren't necessarily that interested in watching the Asian games or not necessarily massive sporting fans. Hopefully something like that will also create engagement and interest in the Asian games. So I think yeah. it's a fantastic initiative from the organizers of the yeah, games. It's a brilliant promotion. Yeah yeah, 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 very cool idea. Mm. Tianyu, anything from your side that yeah. we should be looking out for? Yeah, one, I think one highlight uh, in terms of the technological elements in the Asian games is that instead of having a real fireworks show, there will be a digital one right. instead of uh, in the opening ceremony to minimize pollution and mm. uh, carbon footprints. So I guess it'll be more of like a laser display, a yeah. lighting display, something yeah. like that? It's gonna be more uh, clearer on TV, I guess. Okay. But I think it's, uh, with our technology, I think that digital show is gonna be as exhilarating as the real one. Yeah, well that's on definitely something China's never disappointed in right as yeah. opening ceremonies. Yeah. I mean, we've seen some incredible yeah. opening ceremonies at various sporting events over the years. So I expect nothing less from the Hangzhou Asian Games. No pressure to the organizers, <laughs> <laughs> but we're expecting a lot. And yeah, and, and also apart from that, uh, all venues for the games will be using clean energy, such as wind and solar power to Fantastic. reduce carbon emissions. Yeah. And another thing about the competition venues is that um, many of them have been confirmed for commercial use after the games, and uh, so they won't sit idle after the Asian Games ends. And I think many people may, might choose to um, host meetings or even, even weddings there, because mm. you know, hosting the Asian Games is going to make it more prestigious places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's really meaningful to take this measure to avoid... To create that sustainability, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's somewhere where China has also led the way for many years now, particularly with sporting events, is creating sustainable projects, sustainable venues, and making sure that all of these venues and events are environmentally friendly. And it sounds like we're going to experience exactly the same thing at the Hangzhou Asian Games. And we also hope that not just sporting events globally, but any major events that are taking place around the globe, of course, now moving into the future, we need to make sure that everything is sustainable, yeah. environmentally friendly. So I think there's a lot that the world can learn from sporting events and major events in general that are happening in China that are so environmentally friendly and sustainable that hopefully we can see that run off into global events and you know always be able to maintain these massive events where thousands of people attend and you know it's a it's a major event but at the same time we need to take that sustainability and environmentally friendly factor a lot more seriously as we progress through the years and i think that you know looking at china's success in that field i think is going to be something that's very important for the globe to take note of and i think we well it sounds like we're going to see the same factors at the hangzhou asian games where all of those factors are taken incredibly seriously and we should experience a incredibly sustainable and environmentally friendly Asian Games. Yangguang, we're also going to see, well, one of the best parts about the Asian Games, I suppose, is that we're going to see international stars that we've been talking about throughout the year that have been dominating the sporting headlines. Which athletes are you looking forward to seeing? I would definitely want to check out the action of Zheng Qingwen yes, and Wu Yibing in tennis. <laughs> They're expected to win medals for China. 
I mean, they improved a lot this year on the WTA and yeah. ATP Tour. They've created quite a splash for themselves. I mean, yeah. they've made a massive name for themselves, not just in China this year, but around the globe, I think. Zhou Jingwen just comes to Hangzhou on the heels of her um, fantastic US Open round. Um, she made it into the last eight. Yep. Uh, the youngest Chinese girl to break, in, to break into a Grand Slam quarterfinal. Yeah, That's and defeated some impressive. superstars, right? Yeah. Like the likes of Ons Jabeur. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, Wu Yibin is a Hangzhou native. Um, he would be very proud to play tennis in front of the home crowd. Yeah, I'm sure um, he's going to have plenty of support as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, actually. <laughs> Honestly, I can't wait to see the two mm. of them because we've been talking about them for quite some time now. So to be able to see them competing in person and representing China, I think it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so I think those are definitely some athletes to look out mm. for. Myself, I think I'll be keeping an eye on the weightlifters as well because I want to learn their training techniques <laughs> and their eating habits uh, because they, <laughs> yeah, because they are just in incredible shape. And um, we've also seen some Chinese weightlifters mm. break some records this year. So I think those are also going. To, that's going to be a team that I think we need to look out for as well. I think we might also see some Asian Games records being broken by Chinese weightlifters yeah, this year. I know there are a lot of weightlifters from China, well known across the yeah. globe. Absolutely. Liu Xiaojun, the world champion, the Olympic champion from China. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's very famous yeah. in, in the States, in Europe. Yeah, so definitely some Chinese athletes to look out for, mm. so, some of the ones that we've mentioned. Tianyu, from your side? Well, in swimming, I think Zhang Yufei and Qing Haiyang are of definitely going to yeah. be the names that we deserve some attention from us. They've been breaking a lot of records this year, and I'm sure they'll achieve some breakthroughs definitely in this year's Asian Games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think, one, well, there's many elements of the Asian Games that we have to look forward to, but of course, we're going to be keeping our eyes on Team China and all of the fantastic athletes that they have. We're also going to be looking forward to Hangzhou just putting on an amazing Asian Games, and I'm sure they will definitely do just that. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we will be back next week with our latest topic and we'll see you then. This is CGTN Radio. Hear the difference.